I want you to hit me as hard as you can. So who wants to do the Jiggy Ziggy? Yeah! What do you get when you put Robin Williams, Edward Norton, and Katherine Keener in a comedy directed by Danny DeVito? Come on, let's hear it, let's hear it. If you guessed one of the biggest box office bombs of 2002, you'd be correct. Well, how do you like that? How did such a lineup of talent yield one of the biggest misfires of the last 20 years with Death to Smoochie? Well, it can get pretty complicated. There's a lot of ugliness out there, a fair amount of injustice. Put on a smile and your brightest colors and find out what the fuck happened to this movie. The initial idea for Death to Smoochie started with Emmy Award-winning David Letterman and the Larry Sanders Show writer Adam Resnick, who one day noticed that products on store shelves were now being marketed directly to kids. He thought about the limitless comedy possibilities of setting a film in the lucrative world of children's entertainment saying, wherever there's big money, there's going to be corruption. The world of children's television is no different. It's just Enron with a prettier shell. And I just got the script. <laughs> Resnick took his pitch to Warner Brothers, calling it Trading Places, set in the world of children's programming. Well, you've got me so far. The studio immediately grabbed the pitch. Pay the man, he's a genius. Beautiful. And in near record time, Resnick turned in his first draft. Thanks for watching Joe Blow Videos. If you enjoy our shows, please like and subscribe, and click the bell to be notified when new videos go live. Now, back to the show. That script went out to Harold Ramis to direct, but he declined as he thought the material was just too dark. The studio then approached the legendary Danny DeVito, who had a history directing darker material like Throw Mama from the Train. and War of the Roses. DeVito would say the material reminded him of a noir comedy, noting, it's black comedy that's actually about some very serious stuff. Bribery, jealousy, revenge, assassination, you know, all the good things in life. With DeVito signed on to direct, the cast came together quickly. When thinking of who to cast as disgraced children's TV personality Rainbow Randolph, This is it! This is the guy! Only one name came to mind. Robin Williams. At the time, Williams's career had experienced a string of relative disappointments, like Patch Adams, What Dreams May Come, Jacob the Liar, and Bicentennial Man. Williams said he was looking for more daring material, something that challenged him like his Oscar-winning role in Goodwill Hunting. He wanted to keep everyone, including himself, wondering what he would do next. Williams was always intrigued by villain roles, not the Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind. Instead, saying, I'm fascinated with characters you can recognize. You see Silence of the Lambs and go, I know a person like that. I see. Let's hope he meant antagonist Buffalo Bill and not Hannibal Lecter. This interest, coupled with the recent loss of his father-in-law and mother, led to Williams tackling what has since been dubbed the Dark Trilogy. Death to Smoochie, Christopher Nolan's Insomnia, and One Hour Photo, all released within months of each other. Williams immediately took to the Death to Smoochie script, calling it Tarantino meets Mr. Rogers and Rhino. 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 <laughs> 
The story would follow Williams' vindictive kids show host as he seeks revenge on his squeaky clean replacement, Smoochie. You're going to learn about shame, my dear Smoochie, and I'm your professor. <laughs> Using every underhanded tactic he can think of. With Williams on board, it was time to fill out the rest of the cast, particularly for the role of the clearly Barney-inspired host Smoochie, and his human alter ego Sheldon Mopes, who the filmmakers compared to Frank Serpico in both his naivete and ethics. At the top of the list was Edward Norton. Hold the phone. At that time, Norton's resume was filled with much more serious fare, such as Primal Fear, American History X, and Fight Club. But Resnick said that while writing the script, he actually saw no one but Norton in the role. Well, how do you like that? Danny DeVito agreed, saying that this would be a different direction for Norton. I'll open a magic door for you. But he knew the actor could pull it off because the role required someone very serious, but who also understands comedy and could play the sincerity as straight as possible, but still garner laughs. That is integrity. I can see that. Norton read the script in a single sitting at two in the morning and said that when he finished, he had tears down his face from laughing so hard. He commented that usually when he finishes reading a script, he generally has notes on how he thinks it could be improved. But with Smoochie, he didn't want to change a single thing, noting that the line, You can't change the world, but you can make a dent, was the perfect encapsulation of who the character truly is. Resnick's script was being passed around Hollywood and drawing industry buzz for its novel concept and decidedly R-rated humor, so it wasn't a surprise that it attracted more top-tier talent. Katherine Keener, who had recently received an Oscar nomination for Being John Malkovich, signed up to play jaded network executive Nora Wells, who DeVito described as Chanel No. 5 meets a pit bull. I would like to strangle that Rainbow Randolph, squeeze his greasy neck until his eyes pop out of his skull. For shady executive Marion Stokes, Hank Azaria was cast. But when he dropped out to star with other A-listers in America's Sweethearts, he was quickly replaced with The Daily Show host, Jon Stewart, who joked, I see my character as sort of a Patch Adams of network television, healing through laughter. A snarky nod to Williams's famously schmaltzy movie. He's a bottle of pancake syrup with legs! Frank. Get me smoochy. The Sopranos actor Michael Rispoli would play Spinner Dunn, a former boxer who had been hit in the head one too many times. Seinfeld's Danny Woodburn joined as the leader of both Rainbow Randolph's and Smoochie's background performers. Gravel-voiced Broadway legend Harvey Firestein would play a mobbed-up head of a charitable organization. I was just trying to help the children. And DeVito himself would step in front of the camera to play slimeball agent Burke Bennett. Trust me, Sheldon. It's a handy accessory to have in this business. With the primary pieces in place and a $50 million budget partially financed by UK-based Film 4 Productions, Death to Smoochie began shooting in January 2001 in New York City and went through May 2001, finishing up in Toronto. By all accounts, filming was a relatively smooth and painless process, with everyone involved enjoying their time on the shoot. It depends on your definition. Williams said he loved playing his character. If you say a 36-year-old man dresses a rhino, I'm fine. Comparing him to Wile E. Coyote in his never-ending but ineffective quest for revenge. Danny DeVito summed up the production pretty succinctly, saying, It was a great experience, all the way up until Warner Brothers released it. Relax, it's all good. Death to Smoochie opened on March 29, 2002, which just so happened to be Easter weekend 
where it earned a miserable $4.2 million, landing in seventh place behind the second week of the 20th anniversary re-release of E.T. the Extraterrestrial. and only a half a million ahead of A Beautiful Mind in its 15th week of release. Reviews for the film were brutal, saying it lacked any sort of thematic focus and pondering how a film with no real discernible audience ever got made. The most vitriolic reaction came by way of Roger Ebert, who said, Only very talented people could make Death to Smoochie because those with lesser gifts would have lacked the nerve to make a film so bad. To make a film this awful, you have to have enormous confidence. Ouch. You gotta fix this. I want my old time slot back. Much of the criticism seemed to be that this black comedy was just too damn black. Most appeared to be expecting a biting satire about the cutthroat world of children's television and the entertainment industry as a whole. Look, don't get me wrong, okay? I mean, I'm not literally comparing Captain Kangaroo to Jesus Christ. And instead, they got penis shaped cookies and failed assassination attempts. The audiences that did bother to show up also had little but contempt for the movie, which was clearly not going to become a subversive word-of-mouth sensation. Death to Smoochie fell out of the top 10 in its second weekend, ultimately ending its box office run with only $8.3 million. Please, it's small, but it's fierce! A far cry from its $50 million budget, and not what anyone might expect from the anticipated pairing of comedy legends like Danny DeVito and Robin Williams. Even a guy who's squeaky clean falls into the mud. With the dreadful North American box office numbers, Warner Brothers decided to completely forego a theatrical release in other parts of the world, instead dumping it direct to video. This is for you, Smoochie! You did this to me! For struggling production company Film 4, Death to Smoochie's box office failure was the harbinger of doom. The UK subsidiary of Channel 4 had recently launched a partnership with Warner Brothers to help finance and distribute half a dozen films over a three-year period. The first from this partnership was the Kate Blanchett drama Charlotte Grey, which was another financial blow with only $5 million in worldwide box office receipts. Death to Smoochie was supposed to be the movie to lift Film 4 out of its downward spiral, but instead it was the one that sealed its fate, with parent company Channel 4 dubbing the movie Death to Film 4. Go ahead, kill me! Put me out of my misery! And closing down the film production branch just five months later. This network cannot survive another Rainbow Randolph. But as with so many box office bombs that only later find appreciation, including Norton's own Fight Club, in the two decades since it first flopped, Death to Smoochie has slowly gained a cult following, with some even calling it the greatest black comedy ever made. Critics may have originally found Williams' performance too manic and over the top. What the f am I watching here? You little soap opera, you get a jelly, and I get a jelly, shut up! But on revisiting it, you realize just how in control Williams really was. Then don't tell me how to run my f***ing business. Switching accents as he drives an oblivious smoochie to a Nazi rally isn't Williams simply riffing, but instead taking control of a mentally unstable character who can't even keep his own lies in order. Even the scene in Times Square where Randolph douses himself with gasoline before attempting suicide is a rather deep look at a man's fall from grace and plunge into depression. As a crowd gathers to watch, with only one sweet girl stopping him at the last moment, 
It also shined a light on where our country was heading with the rise of reality TV and audience infatuation with self-destructing celebrities. Don't touch me! Please! Oh, oh! I'm bleeding! Someone touch my ass! It's also hard not to draw a direct line from Death to Smoochie to the award-winning 2018 show Kidding, with Jim Carrey as an iconic children's television host losing his sanity as his private life implodes. For Robin Williams, the failure of Death to Smoochie was quickly forgotten as his next two projects turned out to be both critical and commercial successes. Two for the price of one. How convenient. With unanimous praise for Williams' creepy and disturbing performances. Do you have any idea the power of a condemned man? Do you? Williams said that doing those dark roles helped him realize how much he missed performing comedy. This is my kingdom! And that same year, he launched his first stand-up tour in over 15 years. Thank you for the standing ovation. You made the orgasm up front. Let's have a cigarette. Let's relax. The box office defeat didn't make much of a dent on the remaining cast either. And for Jon Stewart, it would even become a constant source of self-mockery. If I had known you were going to use this movie to escape the pressures of fighting for our country, I would have chosen not to suck in it. I apologize to you. Tonight is the night we celebrate excellence in film. With me, the fourth male lead from Death to Smoochie. However, Danny DeVito would only direct one more theatrically released studio film. The 2003 Ben Stiller Drew Barrymore dud duplex. Of course, if his directing career had continued to thrive, we may not have gotten him as Frank Reynolds on so many seasons of indestructible sitcom It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, so maybe every cloud does have a silver lining. Of the movies released in 2002, at least Death to Smoochie can't claim the title of the year's biggest box office flop The Circumstances Circumstances! You killed Skinner, Burke! with competition like Pluto Nash and the Rollerball remake. Perhaps the pedigree of talent gave the movie unrealistic expectations. Maybe the concept was more intriguing on paper than a finished product could dream to be. I did feel, if I'm honest, that once or twice my voice wasn't really being heard. Or it could be that DeVito and company made exactly the movie they wanted to make. That's a conservative estimate. But on Easter weekend of that year, the world was simply not ready for an R-rated black comedy takedown of children's entertainment. It's a beautiful city, but there's a lot of grime on it, you know? Whatever the case, Death to Smoochie is one of those films that defied its failure and gained a cult status to stand the test of time. Oh, well you helped give it a little more polish. In a world that no longer has Robin Williams, it's nice to have a movie that put his talents on display for the world to see, even if they didn't at the time. Let us know your thoughts. Leave a comment in the comments. And thanks for watching.